0: Who uh, was able to have a sleep in this morning? Get out. let's go. <laughs> I was here early because I'm very passionate for what God is doing here. I also know that LJ is as well. Um, yeah, she gets a pass. All right. Uh, welcome to The Rock this evening. Uh, for the first evening service of... Uh, Daylight Saving, Uh, tonight marks the culmination of um, what has been uh, an amazing 10-week journey that 100 people in our family uh, signed up for uh, to to walk together, a journey of uh, revelation, a journey to a deeper relationship, a journey to a deeper experience of God, his gifts, and his mission for us. Now tonight is not just about the Ignite course. It's about God's desire to grow his people, his desire to build a church and to lead us deeper into him. Ignite's just a part of that. But tonight we are going to reflect on that journey and the wider journey of discipleship that we're all on. In Matthew 28, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is the mission he left his church. Make disciples. The Ignite course is one of our responses as a church to that commission. Convicted by the revelation that our purpose as the body of Christ is so much more than just sharing the gospel. We resolve to comprehend what a disciple of Jesus really was and how we could go about producing them just as Jesus had commanded us. Ignite is the first fruit of our renewed commitment to this mandate. In preparing this discipleship course, we asked two essential questions. What does a disciple know? And what does a disciple do? As we wrestled with these questions, we concluded that disciples know God. They know themselves. They understand and respond to the gospel. They pray. They worship. They engage with God and His Word. They participate in His body. They uh, serve in his kingdom, and they share their faith with others. Or that's what we're supposed to be doing, at least anyway. I think I've got three or four out of ten. We're working on it, though. That was always going to be uh, too much to squeeze into ten weeks. But our purpose was never to exhaustively cover these topics Uh, We were looking to ignite fires around them and stimulate further growth as the spirit enabled. Jesus left us a massive assignment as he left the earth, but he also left us an even greater blessing. He promised us he would be with us always. And he is. He gave us his spirit. We launched the course not with a lecture, but with a dedicated service of worship, of ministry and impartation as we sought the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit to lead us on our discipleship journey and empower us to change and grow more into his perfect likeness. In the preface to his classic Pursuit of God, A.W. Tozer says, sound biblical exposition is an imperative must in the church of the living God. Without it, no church can be a New Testament church in any strict meaning of that term. But exposition may be carried on in such a way as to leave the hearers devoid of any true spiritual nourishment whatever. For it is not mere words that nourish the soul, but God himself. And unless and until the hearers find God in personal experience, they are not the better for having heard the truth. The Bible is not an end in itself, but a means to bring men to an intimate and satisfying knowledge of God, that they may enter into him, that they may delight in his presence, may taste and know the inner sweetness of the very God himself in the core and center of their hearts. Amen to that. Tozer is the man. We wanted this course to be different. It had to be different. It had to be more than just content And lectures had to be more than just information, it had to be an experience, experiential, it had to be relational, both with God and with each other. Why with each other? Because God's plan has always been that we would walk and grow in community. In community, we are exposed to the cumulative wisdom and experience of the body of Christ. In community, we receive the benefits of all the gifts of the Spirit. In community, we find support and accountability. In community, we find a greater manifestation of God's Spirit. Community is God's plan for us, and we have claimed that plan wholeheartedly as a church family and our purpose, walking together. This is about putting legs on that statement. And so together, one Saturday night, almost three months ago, we reached out to God and asked him to pour out his spirit on us. The elders laid on hands and prayed for an anointing to see and hear the truth of God's word and the power to be transformed into his likeness. It was a very powerful night and the best that I could imagine to a journey of spiritual transformation. Our first session was on the nature of God. And we started with God and who he is because everything starts with God. You have faith? Cool. What do you have faith in? In God? Cool. Who is God? Tell me about him. How we respond to that question defines everything. Because who you think God is shapes everything. I truly believe the greatest revelation we need to be growing in is who is God. In the introduction session at the front of each week's course notes was another quote from Tozer. What we believe about God is the most important thing about us. Who God is is not something that we can just read in a book. The book talks about him, it points to him. But to know him, you have to have a relationship with him. You have to experience him. You have to spend time with him. Soak in his presence. Talk with him. Hear his voice. I can tell you about the God I know. And with compelling words, I might be able to even incite some interest in this God. But this is my revelation and my testimony. And you won't know God for yourself Until you receive your own revelation and your own testimony, and that goes for everything that we shared at Ignite, and it goes for everything that we share here or you hear in Life Group. We could point you to what God has shown us, but until it becomes your revelation and your testimony, it doesn't do anything to you or in you. We need to grab hold of it for ourselves, experience it ourselves, explore it, search it out ourselves. You can't live off someone else's revelation. And so we need to reach out to God for ourselves. But we need to also be in environments where God is revealing things. Where his word has been spoken with integrity. Where people are hungry for his voice. As we explore the nature of who God is this first week... I dropped a crazy analogy of the Trinity being like a beautiful dance between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And shared the idea that in our relationship with God, we can even enter into this dance in unity with them in a beautiful encounter with the the God himself. I know that some people struggled with that concept. I know that most of us didn't have much of a background in dance. I actually do. That's a story for another time. But then I'm talking figuratively. I'm talking about a beautiful, fluid, graceful engagement with the three persons that make up our glorious God. I'm talking about a unity that we can aspire to and experience in him. I want to move the way he moves I want to move with him. And that's not an abstract concept to me. It has very practical implications. To continue to grow in him, to join this figurative dance, I need to align myself with him. We need to align ourselves with him. Spend time with him. Bring our heartbeat in sync with his. Learn to care about what he cares about. Learn to go where he goes. Say what he says. Move where he moved. This requires practice, it requires perseverance, but the fruit will blow our minds. When and only when we begin to have a right understanding of who God is, we can start to understand who we are. Our identity is rooted and established in who he is. Understanding who we are is probably the second most important thing we can know. And when you know who you are, you can live like who you are. We can step into the authority that comes from being a child and heir to the king of heaven. Once you start to understand who you are, you start to recognize the people around you for who they are. Sons and daughters of the living God. Human beings made in the image of God. And when you know who someone is... You can start to treat them and respond to them for who they really are. Greg shared a, an anecdote from uh, his time away at Manifest Presence uh, last night. He, uh, every session, we'd um, the crew from the Rock, we had, we had a pretty big crew, would be sitting up in the cheap seats, and uh, Greg wasn't sitting with us. Greg is one of the. Uh, Exalted leaders of the nation was in the the pastors' lounge. That's where the good treats are, the good coffee. Thank you, Jesus. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's that's um, the pastors' lounge is out behind the stage, and so uh, at the appointed time, all of the pastors and senior leaders and uh, guest speakers would would come from their room right in front of the stage and. Uh, and the rock crew would always greet their senior pastor walking out with this huge applause and chants. What, what, how'd the chant go? What was it? G.J., G.J. Um, that, was, that was their call to Greg. And, and um, Greg was a, maybe a little bit embarrassed by it, thinking, man, these, these clowns uh, are having a go at him. You know, bringing out the mock. Um, but that couldn't be further from the truth, actually. Having been up there with the crew and and joining my voice with theirs as well, I don't know. I kind of felt really proud just seeing uh, seeing our our senior leader kind of walking out. So yeah, I kind of raised my voice too. And uh, every every single uh, session, GJ GJ, and there's something like half the um, the balcony was just calling this out. In fact, I could see people around me who didn't go to our church, <laughs> joining in. And, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like. It's pretty cool, but um, this was puzzling to some, and there was, um, I'll probably get the story wrong, but there was uh, one pastor out the back there who, who just couldn't, couldn't understand it, because it seemed like all these people were just passionate about this, this guy, and uh, he didn't know who he was, and he's like, man, who are you, is what he ended up asking Greg. Greg. He had no idea. Obviously, this guy had to be some kind of national, if not international, legend, because he was getting a better uh, reception than the guest speakers were from Bethel. This guy didn't know who Greg Simner was, but we did. This is our leader, a man of God, anointed with power, revelation that most of us just don't even know what he's on about it's just straight from him but God has chosen him to bring this revelation and lead us into it anointed him to drag a people who don't want to go anywhere into something new and powerful so we responded to what was on this man doesn't really matter if anyone else doesn't get that but we know who you are and so because we know who you are we can respond to you appropriately we can take what you say with with respect and honor and uh we need to do that for everyone. We need to recognize who is sitting next to us, who is sitting behind us, who's in our life group, who's on stage, who's off stage. Recognize who they are and what God has put on them. I'm not talking about just respecting and honoring the, you know, the, the senior people, the guy up front, but we need to do that. But it's the rest of us as well. God has put amazing gifts and authority on all of us. We're not all living in it. But God wants us to. He wants to recognize who we are. Sons, daughters of the King of Heaven. That means princesses, princes, people carrying authority. He's put grace on people to do phenomenal, spectacular, supernatural things. There's superheroes sitting right next to you right now. So yeah, first we recognize who God is. Then we recognize who his kids are. Then we respond to them appropriately. We recognize who we are. Recognizing who you are just changes everything. If you know me, you know that I've got a pretty robust self-esteem. I have a pretty elevated opinion of myself. And some of that has to do with my father in heaven. I know I'm his son. I don't know if you mess with me, you mess with him. Good luck with that. Hmm. From there, Chris led us through a condensed overview Of the origins of our separation from God And the most remarkable plan that God had to restore us to right relationship with him The beautiful truth of the gospel may be one that we all know well But it is a meditation that we should soak in constantly As it is the greatest expression of love that we in the world will ever know Paul shared in Romans 1 that he is not ashamed of the gospel as it is the power of God to bring salvation. The deeper we understand this glorious truth, the deeper revelation we have of God's love and the better we are equipped to share that love with others. I I know from some that they thought that the session on sin and salvation was like, you know, Drinking milk again as a baby But I know too many people who struggle to articulate the simple truth of the gospel to others We need to be soaking in this every day I want to start my day with a revelation and a meditation of what he did for me And I want to live the rest of my day responding to what he did for me Prayer is such a simple concept But so many of us struggle to practice it, and we struggle to hear from him. So we dedicated our fourth night to investigating this area. We explored what prayer is, how Jesus prayed, how God speaks to us, how we can learn to tune into his voice. We touched on the power of prayer to heal and deliver people from oppression. But as with all these topics, we really only did scratch the surface. Prayer, like all disciplines, needs to be practiced. Despite studying German for many years at school, I can hardly string a sentence together now. And that's not because I'm a bad student. It's because I just haven't had any opportunity to use it since school. And because I haven't used it, I've lost it. And I think about times when I've struggled in my prayer life. I think it's, I've lost it because it's been so inactive. And giving him five minutes before I go to bed to roll out a shopping list of things I need him to do for me or give me, its not prayer. I don't know if I'll ever need to uh, converse in German ever. But I need to be engaging with my king, with my lord. And so I've recognized that I'm going to need to apply some discipline to it. Discipline's not a word that's nice. It doesn't sound something we want to grab hold of. We just want God to zap us and make everything better and unplug our ears so we can hear him clearly. But it doesn't very often work like that. For the most part, God wants to respond to faith and something that starts with us. He's done all the work, he's reached out to us, but he's looking to engage with us and work with us. So if we're not prepared to do any work, how can we expect to see any fruit? So prayer, for some, seems to be just a natural thing. It just, just happens. And they hear from God, and they can devote hours and hours to prayer every day, and it's just that's awesome. I'm not one of those people. So I have to work at it. But I have found that when I humble myself and pray, when I discipline myself and choose to do this rather than the other things I could be doing with my time, important things like watching TV, he meets me. He meets me more than halfway. He responds to my faith. He responds to my surrender, to my discipline. Prayer, like so many other things, we need to work at. We practice it. We learn new things as we go. We learn he speaks in ways that we didn't think he did. Or at least didn't think he did with us. If you're out of practice, like me, like I have been, we need to rededicate ourselves to reaching out to him regularly in prayer. In our worship session, we remembered that worship is a response to who God is and what he has done. That music is just one expression among many but that the ultimate expression is found in a lifestyle of obedience as we seek to honor him in all we do. I want to continue to grow in all the expressions of worship he has wired me for, but mostly when we try to impress this hard upon you, we just want our lives to be consistent with the songs and expressions of worship that we sing. And so my journey deeper into that is one of ongoing sanctification. Surrendering more of my brokenness to him. Surrendering myself and persevering in self-discipline. Trying to rein in the flesh. And in that, even in surrendering myself, that is an act of worship. We started our Bible topic by recognizing that the Holy Spirit is our teacher and to truly understand his word we need him to teach us the most effective time in scripture is pursued as an engagement with God's spirit in that environment the revelation opens to deeper levels we have never seen before from there we explored a practical framework for studying the scripture as we use our minds as well as our spirit to hear from God the church and community sessions elaborated on the nature and purpose of the church and our destiny as the bride of Christ. We touched on some of the structure and gifts God has established biblically for the church in general, but also the specific structure and governance for our community here at The Rock. Our next session focused on spiritual gifts and serving, and in it we recognised that God has made available to us some remarkable manifestations of his power that we can seek them, we can grow in them, and that they serve to build his church and his kingdom. They draw us closer to God. We also recognize the responsibility that we all have as members of a family to contribute to the family and to the house, whether it be in finance or in serving. If this is our home, then we do our part. Our final session of content was on the topic of evangelism. And Greg shared passionately our need to share faith and what that faith was and what motivates us to share. Then he got real practical with a mini workshop on how to engage in spiritual conversations with people and help them to understand both their need for a Saviour and the means by which they can be saved. And obviously, that was a whole lot to cover in 10 weeks. But we weren't trying to cover anything. Rather than plumbing the depths, our purpose was to stimulate thought, challenge some misconceptions, sow seed that with ongoing feeding would grow into something substantial. Paul spoke in Philippians 1 verse 6. Being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus we share Paul's confidence as we recognize that God is working in you. He is working in us and he will continue to work in us until Christ returns. The more we surrender to that work and cooperate with it, the more we will be transformed into the likeness of the one we worship, the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus. The question that we need to ask ourselves is, We continue to grow in our knowledge, relationship and power of God is what are we going to do with it? Whether you have done Ignite or not, the question is just as valid. What are we doing with what God has given us? God is pouring out revelation, resource, power, spiritual gifts, blessing, all over us. Half of which we don't recognize. But what are we doing with it? What are we doing? It has been argued, I've heard it spoken here even, that God is not interested in what you do. He's interested in who you are. I do not subscribe to that. I think that God is most interested in who you are, but I think what you do reflects on who you are. I think James thinks that as well. James chapter 2. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if people claim to have faith but have no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds. I will show you my faith by what I do. You can do stuff without having any faith. You can be a kind person. You can be generous. God isn't looking to build people who are like that. He's not looking to build people who are just generous or just kind. He's looking to build people who reflect Jesus and all that he is, people who love Jesus and are committed to him. Being kind and generous, it's just an outworking. It's the fruits of his spirit alive in you. If generosity and kindness does not characterize you, you need to let the spirit do some more work in you. And that goes for a number of other spiritual characteristics as well. What are we going to do with what we have taken away from the Ignite course, from Manifest Presence, or from what God has been pouring out onto this church in this season? That is something that will likely look unique for each of us. But whatever it is that God wants to stretch us into, We need to surrender ourselves to it and let him put hands and feet on it. As I call the band up now, I want you to take just some time to reflect on what God has been saying to you personally over the last weeks or months. I have connected my faith to what I see as a promise in Philippians 1 verse 6. I believe with faith that God is doing a work in you. And I don't know what it is, but I don't need to. But I think you do need to know what that is, because you need to cooperate with his spirit. You need to release yourself to him, surrender yourself to him, and allow him to do that work. I've come to know God as a gentleman who does not force Himself on people and make them by force into who he wants them to be. He offers himself to people. He provides circumstances where we can change, where we can cry out to him. He opens doors for us. But we have to step into that. We have to invite him in. We have to surrender and let him do the work that he wants to do. It's all part of what free will is. We get to choose if God works in us or not. I think we should start choosing to let him do more. So what I want to do now is just, Josh is just going to, just going to noodle for a bit. And I want us to just take a little time just, just, to, just to seek him on this question. Lord, what are you doing in me now? Lord, what do you want me to step into? Lord, what do you want to break off my life? Lord, what new revelation do you want me to grab hold of? Lord, what do you want me to do with what you've been showing me? I want us to come to a point where we can actually take a step of faith into something that we haven't been living out. Because there has to be hands and feet. There's got to be rubber-hitting the road on this stuff. We haven't been teaching any theory. It's all practical stuff that changes us. It needs to be applied. That's here on a Sunday. It's in our life groups. That's at Ignite on a Wednesday. So my challenge for you tonight is to grab hold of just one thing and rededicate yourself to stepping into that. night our elders and some of our leaders want to pray for you i want to pray for us imparting blessing and anointing commissioning us to faithfully step into the next stretch of this journey so i want to invite you to come forward i want you to i want to invite you to come up here and to to receive some ministry and not just come forward to receive prayer um, and a blessing but to symbolically actually take a few steps up here, symbolizing your desire, your commitment to step into what God has next. So as you meditate on these questions, I want you to only do this if you're really feeling something that God is calling you into. And I have faith that there is something that God wants to do in your life at the moment or has been doing. And when you have some confidence that you, you believe you know what that is, I want you to step forward Stepping into what that is. And our elders and leaders, they want to pray for you. And they want to pray that you would continue to hear God's voice more and more. And that a hunger for him would just continue to grow. Ignite 10 weeks out of... What most of you have, 60, 70 years of following Christ still to go. It's Just a little flash in the pan that hopefully did stir some more passion. that goes for every Sunday. But let's use that as something to launch into what he has next. Let's continue to seek more of him and step into the glorious new season that he's leading us into.